0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rangers Review morning briefing uh, for Friday, the 25th of November. Uh, I'm Derek Clark and I'm joined this morning uh, by uh, a full team. Johnny McFarlane, first of all, good to have you back on, Johnny. Great to be here. Thanks. And uh, looking forward to some chat. Yeah, as always. And, and Graham Hannah over uh, in uh, lovely Belfast this morning. What's the weather like over there, Graham?
1: The sun's shining, uh, the birds are singing, so maybe a sign of of news to come today. Fantastic.
0: Right, Before we we continue, folks, uh, I must uh, apologise for uh, the delay in in, uh, our video this morning. Um, It's my fault. My router decided to pack in just as we were were about to go live. Uh, It now went back on. Hopefully that is the, the problems over. Um, but Johnny just you be prepared if it it goes uh, on the blink again then you'll need to stand up to the hockey so uh, yeah apologies folks if you've been hanging on uh, but good things come to those who wait uh, as they say uh, and nothing comes any better than talking about Rangers and before we do you can see a little ticker below we've got that amazing Black Friday offer on at the moment one pound for six months worth of content it really is a spectacular offer the best one Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that we've ever had uh, and loads of you taking advantage of it as well. So uh, thank you very much for doing so. Just head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe for all the details. Uh, Aldo says, uh, (laughs) IT problems, who called it on the bingo? Yeah, if you've got that, folks, uh, then uh, high five to to any of you that uh, that, uh, said IT problems. But we're back here now and we're going to talk Rangers. And Johnny, it looks like uh, Michael Beale is edging closer to a return to Ibrox. Um, we came on a, a sort of evening show on Monday, I think it was, to discuss the news that Giovanni van Bronckhorst had been dismissed. We all felt it was probably in the offing. Uh, and as soon as he was uh, relieved of his duties, Michael Beale was certainly the name that was a front runner and has remained so. And it now looks like he's going to be confirmed at the, as the 18th permanent manager of Rangers. Can I get your, your, your thoughts on that? Are you behind this appointment? Can you see why the Rangers boards have identified Bale and and, and and hope to, to bring him in? I do. Um, I can. What I
2: would say, though, Derek, is it's a massive gamble. And I can also understand Rangers fans that are looking at it and saying, well, he's not the ideal candidate. The problem, I think, is that it's very, very difficult to find an ideal candidate uh, that ticks all the boxes of what Rangers needs. Michael Beale does do that um, to an extent, but the one huge one that he doesn't is obviously experience as a main man. Now, Walter Smith didn't have any experience as a main man and he's the greatest Rangers manager of my lifetime. Yeah. Steven Gerrard didn't have any experience really as a main man and was a terrific m- manager who Overturned a Celtic team that were miles and miles in front. So, experience isn't everything. But if you're looking at a CV, if you're looking at an appointment, all you can do is say on the balance of probability. And for me, on the balance of probability, um, if this goes wrong, then people will, will come back and say, well, you know, he doesn't have the experience to be the Rangers manager and, and they shouldn't have gambled like that. Um, the other candidate that, that's been mooted, and I don't know if this is um, this is someone that is actually on, on the Rangers board's list, but um, Gerardo Sione, for me, is one that, that the club should be looking at. Now, there might be a question about whether or not he would even be interested um, in coming to Scotland. Uh, there might not be the finances there to, to secure him. There might not be the finances in terms of uh, the kind of budget that he'd be looking for. But you're talking about a guy who was extremely hot, property hot enough property that he was he was sneered to the Bundesliga to Bear Leverkusen after three years at Young Boys. Uh, we got a decent look at his team when Rangers played the Swiss outfit in the Europa yeah. League. I thought they were pretty impressive, pretty interesting and dynamic the way they played the football. So of heavy metal four four two. The in attack became a two four four. So serious numbers going forward. Not a lot of tippy tappy stuff really aggressive really in your face and and with that style he won three championships in a row in switzerland now i need to caveat all that by saying uh cedric Kitten is a smash hit striker in, in switzerland so you know what happens there doesn't necessarily translate here but i thought he was an interesting candidate Outside of that though the other ones um i think there's positives and negatives and, and, and i'll be honest look sioni as much as i like him he's got negatives as well he doesn't know scottish football Um, He would come in and would probably be a bit taken aback by the the level of the low block that he's facing week in, week out, and the determination of players as they perform in what is essentially a cup final every time they play against Rangers. So I, I don't envy the decision makers on this one. I think it's a really, really tough choice, a really tough decision. And there's lots of factors they have to take into account. But on balance... I think Michael Beale is a good appointment, and I think it is a gamble worth taking, but quite easily, Derek, this could not work out, and then if that that doesn't work out, I think um, there'll be many people uh, looking back on it, uh, some with a a revisionist sense, probably me included, Um, and there'll be a lot of people that were saying, I told you so, but but the truth is, of all these candidates, is there anyone that actually stands out as being a, a perfect fit? And The way that Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was, or many of us thought he it was,
0: it's a good point. Uh, and I see anyone's an interesting one. There's, we did a, a little piece on the website, folks go and check it out. And he does say, uh, I have a, a good pedigree. Um, he was one that, that many supporters uh, are sort of enamoured by and would like to see him pitch up at Ibrox. Uh, this one I just wanted to touch on this point from uh, Jamie. I'll accept Beal coming in, but honestly, would rather Peter Boss. Um, now, he was a name that was been mentioned uh, a fair deal. I spoke to uh, the Feyenoord fan, introduced us to the Horseshoe earlier on this week, and he sort of put the kibosh on any idea of Peter Bosch turning up at Ibrox. He said, you'll play entertaining football, uh, but you won't win anything. Uh, and he's not highly regarded in Holland uh, because he might play attacking football, and uh, but suicide football, uh, and he never wins any prizes. So for me, that was him... Uh, uh, as Duncan Bannatyne would say on uh, uh, on uh, Dragons Den, I'm out with regards to Peter Boss. I, I'm not. I, I don't think he's going to be the man to, to, to pitch up at Ibrooks. Graham, I wanted to get your point of view. We've not had you on all week. Uh, Michael Beale looks like the, the man is going to take over the mantle from Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. What's your views on it? Uh, do you go along the same lines as, as Johnny? Is a gamble. I think any managerial appointment is, um, but I guess it's understandable to see why he's been identified.
1: No appointment right now It is not a gamble. Uh, there's also an argument with Michael Beale that it is a low-risk appointment as much as, as something like that exists. Uh, he knows the club, he knows the league, he knows the demands, the culture and what is expected at the club. He also knows from his time at the club under Gerard what doesn't work so much. Uh, and that's going to be a very important aspect because when you think of the the cup defeats, uh, you know games where the where it wasn't nice to watch. You know, think of the the Hamilton game at home, uh, just before COVID. Uh, the likes of the the cup defeat at Tencastle. Uh the Gerard era was synonymous with the two number tens, the fullbacks getting high up the pitch. But at times, and we've even heard some snippets from this season uh, down at Loftus Road uh, in terms of, you know, crossing for the sake of it. Bale won't be coming in, you know, to experiment to, to an extent. He's a good communicator. Uh, he will put a plan together. He's a very good coach. We know that. Uh, and, and this team need to be coached at the moment, as we know. But he also knows what doesn't work. And he won't get time to repeat mistakes of the past and, and that's unfortunate he will make some mistakes rangers will drop points at some stage but it's it's crucial because no one is going to give him the, the benefit of the doubt if, if we're seeing patterns uh, that were, were prevalent you know uh well a couple of years ago two three ye- years ago now uh but this one's massive for for this this rangers board and and the regime upstairs They simply have to get it right, and a lot of it's out of their hands. There's a lot on the line. Hindsight is going to be wonderful here. You know, we should have went for X or or Y candidate if it doesn't work out. Uh, But Michael Beale will get uh, the backing of the Rangers' support. Yes, there is some doubt, and rightly so. Uh, He's a fledgling manager. You know, he's just got his feet under the table. Uh, at QPR, but he's a lot going for him. Uh, he made a lot of of, of good steps uh, in Glasgow, and you know we all know how much he also loved Scotland, Glasgow as a home for his family, and and that's crucial as well. So it's a very intriguing appointment. We all wanted to work. You know we're all bursting for progress and, and positivity. Uh, so so let's hope that is what is going to unfold. Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh, let's get to some of the comments that are coming in here. Uh, NM says, uh, very specky show today, <laughs> lads." Uh, I should have put my contacts in, actually, uh, knowing that, who I was going to be on with uh, this morning. Yeah, well <laughs> well spotted. Uh, and this comment, Johnny... Having to
1: pay to see is, is something that isn't spoken about often enough. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a good point, Graham, that you raise. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's a very specky show we're this getting morning.
2: Called VLs next, Derek.
0: Yeah, <laughs> or hot <laughs> specky hot dogs. I think is is what I get. I get uh, leveled at me quite a fair bit. So, uh, yeah, the abuse is is, is incredible. Uh, World's greatest DJ uh, gets in touch morning, one and all. Couldn't resist a Black Friday offer: one pound for six months. It's a no-brainer. Great to have you on board, buddy, and thanks very much for for signing up, um, Johnny. Graham's point. I mean, he's well liked by the fans. And uh, Michael Beale, of course, he came up recently for the Aberdeen game. We heard uh, sources close to Van Bronckhorst saying he wasn't. He was very disappointed at, at that visit um, with Michael Beale coming up as a guest at Eyebrooks. We have seen him in the district bar. Uh, Graham's seen him as well when he came up. He was in the Loudon fans really are enamored by them they like him however uh results it's a results driven business and it doesn't matter how liked you are amongst the support he has to deliver on the pitch doesn't he uh,
2: of, of course it's always the way at uh, rangers you know geo was very very well liked yeah uh, and then he wasn't and and that's the guy who got the team to a europa league final and, and that's just the standards that are required at rangers and i don't think many fans would change that to be honest. It's um, part of what makes the club what it is, the, the, the demands and the intrinsic need to drive forward and win trophies. And, you know, there's not been enough of that in recent years. And we know that there's been reasons behind that in terms of over the longer term, over the over the decade. But now I think majors are in a, in a reasonably, reasonably good place. You look at the accounts, um, you look at the um, facilities, the, the training ground's magnificent. Ibrox is in the process of being... Uh, seriously upgraded. We've seen a lot of uh, things going on, uh, the, what they call Cap X projects that will see this, the, the club in very, very good um, stable footing for the years ahead. But what we now need is a manager that can come in and uh, give a level of stability and excellence on the field that matches all this other stuff that's going on at the club. And I think Michael Beale. Has the ability to do that and i think graham makes an absolutely brilliant point i just wanted to touch on it again it's so important and, and sometimes it's kind of dismissed on twitter as, as slightly your da thinking <laughs> but because and i understand that because Ange Postecoglou has come in and he's got no connection with celtic and he's hit the ground running and been able, been able to adapt to scottish football but literally Hun- hundreds of managers have come into Scottish football from other club, from other countries, and not been able to adapt to it. There, there is an adaptation. There is a specificity about our game, and it's not um, it's not as old fashioned as some people think. To point that out, I-, I think we've seen it time and time again. I've talked to Rangers managers about it. It does exist. It is unusual. Uh, there's not many leagues you go to, even at top clubs, where Basically, of the 12 teams in the top flight, nine are camping in against you and camping in at an unbelievably deep defensive level and looking to hit on the break. So one thing that really, really stands about stands out about Michael Beale, Try to get myself untongued there, <laughs> yeah, that he knows all this. He's been through it. He's seen it. He's suffered from it. So he's not arriving, going. I need to work out this thing that's that's effectively been the Nadir of the of Rangers' problems over the last four or five years. He, he already gets it. He's already adapted to it. You saw in the fifty-five season, Rangers didn't lose a single game. Yes, the final three or four months of Gerard's reign had ups and downs, to say the least, and there were some worrying signs. But the kind of collapses that we saw, and this is a separate point, but flows on quite nicely. The kind of collapses that we saw from Giovanni Van Bronco's team are at the core of the fans' frustration, at the core of the problems that the club was facing, because you can't build anything when you're getting confidence shattered to such an extent by being thrashed at Parkhead twice, um, taken apart limb from limb at Ibrox, by Liverpool, these are the kind of results that that are just going to pull a dressing room confidence wise asunder. So I think having Michael Beale, who who's knows what Rangers is about, and was in charge during a period where Rangers never lost in more than two goals, a guy who the way he sets up the team, you know he's going to give you that that solidity. I think that's a massive element and i don't see any of the other candidates bringing that and people think sean dyche would bring that and 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 maybe sean dyche would but but even sean dyche hasn't any experience of scottish football and hasn't really got an awful lot of experience of dealing with that block i I think that's a huge element of whoever the next rangers manager is it's the, the ongoing conundrum Ange postacoglu across the other side of the city has figured it out and figured it out quickly and whoever's the next Rangers manager absolutely needs to do the same. The Celtic games will take care of themselves. Yeah. Well, you need someone who can take care of the bread and butter of um, domestic opposition, and I, that's going to be the core of success or failure.
0: Yeah, Graham. I watched uh, Michael Beale's uh, interview on the the BT Sport podcast with with Daryl Curry. I've got to say, he speaks very well. I did enjoy listening to him and. Um, uh, He he, he talks well. There's interesting points he made uh, from that, uh, where he said that last season, of course, when they went to Aston Villa, they were four points ahead, and and they wouldn't have uh, allowed Celtic to to overtake them, which which I thought was was an interesting point. Um, This point I wanted to raise, though, from Scott B. He gets in touch regarding his record at QPR. Of course, great start. Um, He built a squad on a a shoestring, all three transfers and and loan signings uh, in the summer. Um, Got them to the top of the league. It then led to uh, a job offer from Wolves, which he turned down. However, they've since only taken one point from the last 15, as Scott says. Uh, is this a concern for you or based on it? I mean, this is his first managerial job. Is that is that a slightly concerning?
1: Not for me. Uh, you know, at face value, you look at it and go, whoa, you know, what's happened there? Uh, it could be a coincidence, but it appears from the outside that the, the whole Wolves issue, that it, it spooked QPR uh and particularly with les ferdinand being so outspoken you know regarding not wanting to keep a manager who isn't committed uh i didn't want to be sort of too forensic about it but i thought the the, the picture that qpr tweeted yesterday uh of michael beale from wednesday on, on the training pitch you know players you know looking hands on the hips Looking, looking down, looking around, you know what? What m- must they be thinking at the moment? Uh, but you know, put it into perspective. Uh, it's been a whirlwind, you know, for for McBeal, uh, recently. You know, he's also been a a victim of, of of timing. You know, the the circumstances of timing. He's on record, you know, from the day he took the job, basically QPR as saying the one turns down Rangers and effectively reiterating that he'd love the job one day he said rangers have bigger fish to fry than the uh, that will come around again uh if things pan out in the next uh, couple of days as as is anticipated but qpr's level from the start of the season they wouldn't have been expected to to go on that run that that they did so there again, you know that that progress, that that run, that brought him to the brink of the Wolves' job. Then a step back. Then they went on this run of a one and fifteen. You know it's not good, but the championship is also a hugely competitive league. You know, so within two or three games, you know they could be they could be buoyant again uh, and going forward. You know we might not ever know. Uh, There's also, you know, this, there's various issues that Bill will have to deal with, you know, from his loyalty comments. And on that theme, you know, he's going to have to be ruthless to a group of players that he he was very loyal to and that he grew with uh, at Rangers. This team is at the end of its shelf life. You know, we can all see that. Certain players need to be moved on. He can't afford, and I'm hoping that he will be smart enough to realise that the players he's working with now are not necessarily at the same stage and you know at the same output level as three and four years ago because if he's too loyal to certain players, we all will pay a price for that. Yeah, um,
0: lots of comments coming in, Johnny, uh, about who the potential backroom staff will be. Caroline says, uh, Who will he bring with him? Ian McPhee gets in touch. He says, uh, Big question for me, who is his number two? And Culshaw is a must as well. Um, got to say, I, I would love to see Tom Culshaw back uh, at Ibrooks. I think uh, the set pieces need uh, sort sorting sort, sort out. I don't think there would be many Rangers fans that would disagree with that. As Backingham staff, though, um, there's a lot of talk about a p- potential ex-ranger, a Scottish ex-ranger, the likes of Kevin Thompson's been mentioned, uh, Neil McCann's been mentioned as well. Would you like, like to see one of those uh, individuals uh, come as part of the, the, the coaching staff? I've got to be honest,
2: not really. Not unless um, Michael Beale wants them as part of his team. I don't like this thing about shoehorning people into managerial teams. Uh, it was fine for Pedro Cascina because... He's coming from Mexico and Portugal um, and Qatar, not really having the the knowledge of Scottish football, and you want to give him that by putting in someone there who who can kind of be a sounding board for him about yeah. Scottish football. Michael Beale doesn't need that. If, if Michael Beale wants one of these guys in, then, you know, give him who, what he wants. But I, I don't like this thing about, you know, Kevin Thompson is a popular guy. I understand why he's popular, but so let's shoehorn him in. It's... We need to get the best in class, and I know that's regurgitating uh, a soundbite that's used a lot, but it needs to actually be something that the club actually stands by. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't say that these two, Neil McCann and and, and uh, Kevin Thompson, as good guys as they are, and, and actually have decent coaching records. Both of them, uh, Kevin's done a really good job in the lower leagues. Um, but I would say he probably wants to be a manager, doesn't he? Um, and he should go away and, 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 and work on his managerial career um, by getting a bigger club next, because he's, he's certainly done well at the staging post that he's done. Um, if, if he ultimately wants to manage Rangers, and Neil McCann obviously did well uh, for a spell with, with Dundee as well. He yeah. played some good football, but do you know what I mean? It's just that, it's this kind and of cool. like, it's very, to me, it just feels a bit 1990s. Yeah, what shoehorn, some of the other yeah it's not very 2022 football it's not something i think you'd see happen too often at truly elite clubs uh, run by sporting directors but that's not to say michael beale won't feel like there's something there i know that kevin thompson and michael beale were, were quite um were quite friendly when when kevin thompson was at the, the academy so i wouldn't realize what i understand is kevin thompson certainly as of yesterday hadn't hadn't heard anything so if that's the case then everyone's keeping it very very quiet but I do think there's an element, Derek, of we are maybe slightly getting ahead of ourselves to be talking about backroom staff. You know, the longer this goes on without an announcement or without a sense of purpose, then you start to ask questions about what's going on in the background. Rangers, you would have to imagine, uh, and, and certainly I think this is correct, that they would be looking to get someone in place for Monday because that's when the players are coming back yeah so you'd want a guy that's going to be in there taking the reins day one bish bash bosh the new either starts now talks to the press in the afternoon after he's done the training and then the positivity can come flowing back to the club and I would imagine that's absolutely necessary you've got essentially a pre-season a mini pre-season that you can have if you're a manager so it'd be absolutely ridiculous um not to take advantage of that if if the possibility was there and i would just can't imagine a scenario where they wouldn't want to ensure that that's the case now obviously the most important thing is finding the right man of course and if it takes a little bit longer it takes a little bit longer but i i I mean i would expect things to accelerate today um but if they don't if they don't if something goes wrong if michael beale doesn't come to fruition it's obvious that rangers have got more People that they're thinking about than just Michael Beale, yeah. and then the opportunities <laughs> then there for them to to press ahead with a different appointment. But I think yeah. most people would be quite shocked if that was the case at this stage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the backroom staff, some some of the comments coming in are, are, are quite amusing. Estevino, uh gets in touch. I'd bring back Mark Warburton in a minute. He's a great coach. Uh, I think his that that ship is uh, well and truly sealed. However, I see the report suggesting. The former Arsenal coach and current QPR coach uh, Neil Banfield is a name that's been mentioned as well. Graham, uh, you've done a little bit of digging on him. Um, what's, what's your sort of feeling towards that?
1: Yeah, that, that's a name that's that been put to me oh. uh, yesterday uh, as a potential. Uh, Neil Banfield was a trusted lieutenant, you know, in the background uh, with Arsenal. Uh with the youth academy and supporting Arsene Wenger, so he's sixty-year-old, over you know well over twenty years of experience uh, as a coach. Uh, he he's very high on standards on you know living standards uh, off the pitch uh, as well as on it. Uh, as you said there, he's a current first-team coach uh, at QPR at the moment uh, with Beale, uh, so if if the deal is done, if it gets over the line, that's one to look out for uh, in, in terms of Banfield potentially making the move uh, with Michael Beale. Uh, we often get caught up in this thing uh, about former players, you know, when you know, they, they know what it's about and all the rest, but the fact that Michael Bale would be returning would, would make that whole purpose redundant you know we've seen plenty of examples in the past of fire in the belly uh, from from the man who you know would appear to, to be the the preferred candidate. Uh, so I have no issues about you know sort of motivating players and and things like that. Uh, but just another thing that, that I thought was very relevant for as much as uh, as it looks like it will be Bill, and certain indications are that it's very close you know last monday we were all taken aback with the timing of of the announcement you know when it appeared that he would be getting through to the break prior to that you know we saw the connor goldson deal so it's not done until it's done you know regardless of, of how close it may be, uh, Beale's got a lot to weigh up, you know, in terms of his his family, you know, he's moved from, back from Glasgow to Birmingham with Villa, uh, the move from Villa, uh, almost home to, to London, to QPR, uh, and potentially uh, back up the road, he's also got a lot to lose personally with this, because where would Michael Beale stand and be, if this doesn't work out, you know, when, he, when he's bounced around a bit? So he's got a lot to weigh up. My gut feeling is, you know, it's a massive, massive job to take on, one that may never come around again. And he will be very excited by the opportunity. And, you know, sometimes you just got to take the jump. Fortune favours the brave and all that. So I do expect Michael Beale to to be the man, but but it's not done until it's done. Absolutely. Yeah, look at Derek McInnes.
2: That that's that's the one that sort of jumps out. You talk about never getting the chance again. Derek McInnes, now you look back and you say, That's a career-defining decision that to turn down an opportunity to manage a club the size and stature of Glasgow Rangers, to remain at Aberdeen, to then get sacked, and then to end up at Kilmarnock. That that that's a that's a tale of woe and a tale that will ultimately I think um, resonate with a lot of managers who are are making big decisions going forward. You just don't know what's in the future. You have to grasp opportunities with both hands when you get a chance. If you don't, you never know, you could regret it pretty seriously.
0: Yeah, as Michael Beal said, you, you don't turn down Glasgow Rangers when we spoke to him uh, in the summer. I wanted to get your thoughts on this, Johnny. Uh, it's a slight segue from the uh, the Michael Beale chat. Uh, Aldo RFC gets in touch. What's uh, what about this woman, Fox? Uh, Kel Fox, of course, the American investor. Apparently, reading that uh, Dave King has apparently met there. She's looking to invest in the club. What, what's the latest on this? A lot of supporters would like to uh, find out if this is a, a good thing for for the football club or or, or what, what what have you. What is a uh, the situation with regards to this
2: well I don't think it's really changed at the moment uh Kyle Fox is essentially a, a deal broker she's in finance and what she would do is she'd spy an opportunity in the sports world and then go out to big financial houses present to them the opportunity and see if they would invest in her and then bring that investment to the club Um, I've had a look at our investment deck. It was quite a controversial deck, if you remember the story. I don't want to get back into that. Yeah. But I have to say, Derek, I was not impressed. Uh, A significant volume of her plans for for what she feels she can add to Rangers is around digital assets, uh, crypto, NFTs, gaming, now this may well come to fruition in 30 years time. I don't believe a lot of it will. I think it's pie in the sky, gobbledygook, that um, a few kind of white boys, um, they call them crypto bros, don't they, have, 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 have attached themselves to. And uh, I don't think many of these people who have got involved in it truly kind of understand it, truly kind of have a plan for it. I, yeah. I don't buy this whole world. I think it won't ever come to anything. I think people will look back on it as an insane bubble. You just have to go and and look at someone like um, like Warren Buffett. Ask him about crypto. See what his um, his verdict on it. And uh, just type that into Google, and you get a three minute uh, uh, YouTube video, and you can get the one of the richest men in the world pulling it apart. Um, th- these are not places that, that Rangers fans are going to invest huge money that's going to transform the club. And you know what? If if, if someone comes into Rangers and um, that's their plan, I would advise fans not to purchase and, and go against it. It's not something I, I, I want to see from the club or any yeah. Scottish football club. Um, I'm not behind it. Now, I'm not saying that's all that our that, 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 that plans would, would involve, but that was certainly a significant part. And I just, fundamentally, I just don't buy that as a business strategy for a Scottish football club. I don't see it. So um, we'll see what happens. She's obviously uh, able to go out there and buy shares. I thought it was interesting that Dave King said that um, she'd made an offer at 40 pence and he turned it down. Given that he wants to sell the shares, you would have to say that probably suggests quite a lot about his opinion on, on on the investment opportunity and, and her. Now, he was keen to point out she's not a charlatan, she's not a spiff, she's not another Mike Ashley, and I, I think that's right. I think she's a, someone from um, high finance in America who's looking to make a fast buck. And, and is that the kind of person that you want in Rangers? You've got to be very, very careful. I think everyone's learned what's happened over the last few years, over the last decade, that you, you just cannot take the club for granted. You cannot put it into the hands of people that that are looking to, to, to utilize it um, for their own personal gain. We see what's happened to Manchester United under the Glazers. Yeah. Um, obviously a very good successful period um, at first. That was the first few years uh, of their reign was coinciding with the, the end of the Fergie run and, and Alex Ferguson was still unbelievably successful right until the end. But the minute you pull him out, the whole thing falls apart. And now we've got a generation of kids who are growing up thinking Manchester United is a joke club. Um, you know, whereas when I was 9, 10, 11, Manchester United was seen as the absolute apex of world football and, and the most glamorous club in the world. So that's what can happen when you have a, an ownership that, that is there to essentially extract from a business point of view um, value from the club um and value for themselves as opposed to being in it to be custodians i think that's the one thing you say about this board there's a lot of criticism about this board but they do see themselves as custodians and they're doing it as rangers fans and if you lose that i think you lose something very 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 important indeed from the club and i I don't i'm not on board with this kyle fox situation at all uh, unless there's far more um in depth uh conversations to be had about what she's actually going to be bringing to the club but i would advise rangers fans to be extremely wary of any um capital investment that is based around people looking for a significant return and a significant bang for their buck um, especially when their business plan is is involving things as controversial as nfts crypto and yeah and this sort of pie in the sky notion of competitive gaming becoming all of a sudden Transformative into a club's
0: finances. It's just nonsense. On the back of that, Johnny, I just wanted to get your point on this. John Dooley says, uh, are you guys concerned about the action from Hummel? Well, it's Elite Sports who have partnered with uh, Hummel in the UK. That is a massive amount of money to lose. Nine and a half million pounds, I believe, uh, they've lodged a complaint for, for Rangers entering into an agreement with Castor. Now, it, Rangers aren't the only club uh, that, that they're looking to claim money back from, and yesterday that the the firm went into administration. Um, is that something you think that Rangers should be uh, concerned about? Is this to me? Yeah, yeah. Sorry.
2: No, I don't. I don't. I mean, obviously, any kind of legal um, situation is is something that you'd rather not have to deal with. Yeah. But my understanding is that I think Rangers are pretty. I don't think they're too concerned by this. Um, yeah and the situation is bigger than just rangers obviously it's a it's a a uk situation that's developing yeah and you can see that they're in they're in deep deep trouble so what they're trying to do i think is claw back some money to to allow them to to continue their business operations but i think it'll all come out in the wash and time will tell um i'd be surprised if it was a a a really big issue down the line i have to say
0: yeah yeah, uh, Okay. Okay. I think that'll do us there, folks. Uh, thanks to everyone for interacting with the programme as ever. It's greatly appreciated. Just a reminder, we've got that amazing offer on just now, the Black Friday deal. You can subscribe for just a pound for six months' worth of content. Head over to rangersreview.co.uk forward slash subscribe and sign up. It's so easy to do. And loads on the website uh, this morning. Great piece from Ian King on there about why uh, coaches believe in Michael Beal and why he's tipping him Uh, to take over as Rangers uh, manager. Um, uh, Stevie Clifford from the the Four Lads Had a Dream blog has also uh, got a piece on there as well on Michael Beale. Loads on there um, to to keep you amused uh, throughout the day uh, and beyond. Um, We'll be back again on Monday. Unless there's any sort of announcement from Ibrox over the weekend uh, or even today, uh, we'll make sure that we'll, we'll bring you up to date as soon as anything uh, happens with regards to news about the managerial search. Um, but until then, enjoy your Friday and you're, the rest of your weekend. Bye for now.